Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Today, I have a very special interview for you. As many of you would know, here in Australia, it is Perinatal Depression and Anxiety Awareness Week. At Happy Mama, we are big supporters of Panda and the work that they do in supporting women and their families suffering from anxiety, postnatal depression, sometimes the very silent suffering that comes with new motherhood. And to acknowledge the importance of this topic, I really wanted to interview my beautiful friend, Lizzie Williamson. For those of you who don't know, Lizzie is the Two Minute Moves woman. She is the most energetic, beautiful and inspiring mama whose YouTube clips and work around getting you moving for just two minutes a day is so important. But Lizzie's story is a story of postnatal depression, of very dark days, and how she found her way out of that space through small, beautiful steps, which include meditation, exercise, self-care, and asking for help. She found her way out of those dark times. And she has recently released her new book all about this. But Lizzie's story is just one of the most inspiring. You'll hear in this interview that there are a couple of times where both of us were holding back the tears. It's such an important topic, and I am so proud to be bringing this to you this week. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted to busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying, and realizing that being a mama is the greatest self development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. Lizzie, take us back to before you became a mama. Who you thought you were, what was important to you, and then what happened when motherhood came along? I was this super happy, positive person, 
always kind of looking on the bright side of things. You know, I was, you know, my mother's daughter and my mum would go out and I'd like, you know, should we bring an umbrella? No, no, like there's a little bit of blue sky over there. <laughs> that was me. And I was so, so looking forward to becoming a mother. I would hear a baby crying or a little child going, mom, and I'd burst into tears. I just wanted that so badly for myself. I just used to find a lot of joy in in dancing and in moving my body. And I would look at these mums, you know, in the shopping centre car park, you know, yelling at their kids or not be able to settle their baby and think that would never be me. I would never do anything like that. I'm going to be this amazing earth mother swanning around with, you know, children at my legs, making amazing organic muffins and just loving every moment of it. And it was actually after the birth of my second child. My first one, I was, I was all right. Like I was, I was coping okay. And then it was after my second one, 20 months later after having my first, that I really was in a state of shock of the emotions that I was feeling that I wasn't loving every moment. In fact, I wasn't loving it at all. I felt so overwhelmed and in this dark cloud and the anger that would surface from deep in my belly and just explode out of me was nothing like I'd ever, ever experienced before. And the dark suicidal thoughts that would chant in my head daily just was like, I just wasn't even recognizable even to myself, let alone, I am sure, to my husband. And when, you know, your children are looking at you with kind of terror in their eyes, it's, uh, it's pretty full on when it's incredibly different from the person that you were. Looking back at that now, can you see that it was a slow a slow disintegration of who you really were? Was it a slow effect or did it really just come on overnight? How do you view it now? It was a slow effect during the pregnancy, second pregnancy, and I kind of didn't really realise that that was going to have such a, an impact on once I had my baby. I felt pretty low. I felt incredibly alone and um, very disconnected to this, this pregnancy. And when I had Ruby, my baby, that's when I felt like it went kind of fast, like dropped right down. Like I remember the first moment when that I'm going to kill myself came into my head and I was like, whoa, this is like, this is pretty, this is getting to pretty rock bottom pretty fast here now um but that just really became the norm mm. wow so are we talking daily yeah wow and how long did that last oh it was pretty bad for six months mm -hmm. and um and then that's when it slowly started to get a little bit better when i finally actually told somebody how bad I was instead of just this constant fake smile on my face thinking that I was just the worst mother ever that 
I was feeling these feelings. And in fact, the, the shame that I felt around feeling them, not just as a mother, but as a, as a person with all that I had, these two beautiful, healthy babies, which is all that I wanted, a partner, a family, somewhere to live, food to eat, all those things just really made me feel so ashamed that here I was not coping with all that I had. And so therefore I didn't talk to anyone about it because of that shame. And so what changed? I had a really rock bottom moment when I was sitting on the floor in my apartment and my girls were upstairs crying in their cots and it was a very, very, very loud, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to kill mm-hmm. myself. And I think that at that moment, sometimes when you hit rock bottom, you have to, it's, it's like you kind of get to a crossroads, isn't it? And you have to kind of make a bit of a choice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which way are you going to go? And... And it was that and my husband actually came home and he was the one who kind of picked me up off the floor, grabbed my hand and he said to me in a very, very kind way but kind of a bit desperate saying and he said, you know, you falling apart actually means this whole family is falling apart and it was. Mm. And I think it was the bringing it back to the family, the fact that here I was in this dark, dark cloud, unable to enjoy this moment that I was never going to get again. And he said to me, please go and get some help. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And I called my doctor and I was so, I felt such a failure as a mother calling her. Oh, I'm all emotional listening to that, Lizzie, for you. Um, and I'm sure so many others are the same, whether they've had those dark moments or even can just put them in that place. I know this would be a really hard thing to answer, but you you were able to really come back and find yourself again. But looking at all of that, can you understand why it happened or or what happened? Yeah, it feels like this downward spiral. And I think because I wasn't taking any little steps in the opposite direction to the upward spiral, Mm -hmm. I just kept going down and down and down. And I really feel like my expectations of the mother that I was going to be or should have been, the person I was going to be, really... um, didn't have a, a, you know, didn't do that any favours, that kind of feeling of lying in bed every night, just running through all the things that I was doing wrong. Um, So I think it was just that kind of down, down, down I went, not kind of realising or thinking that I actually should do some things that were nourishing me and nurturing me because, in fact, I thought you weren't supposed to do that as a mother. I thought you were supposed to be a very selfless, giving to everyone and everything else. That's kind of the the motherhood image that I had in my head. And so I thought if I was to do anything for me that was incredibly selfish and not the role I was supposed to play. So I really feel like there was, there was no giving back. It was all just giving out. And then 
on top of that, you know, I, when I, I was diagnosed with postnatal depression, so there's, there's things going on mm. uh, mentally and hormonally, I'm sure, in there as well. But whether you have post, a diagnosis of postnatal depression or not, I, I can see how easy it is to go down, down, down that downward spiral. And then the far, further down you go, the harder it is to start getting back up because it doesn't feel like there's any hope. Mm. Mm. I really love the way you've described that. I think that's, that's a really great way to understand what happens. It's a downward spiral that it feels so hard to stop and start spiraling back up again. But this is what your book is about. And this is what I really want to share now is this idea that it doesn't have to be these huge undertakings to start turning things around, that we can do it in small moments. And, you know, the mamas that have been following me for a while will know that I am a massive advocate of three-minute meditations <laughs> and <laughs> use them in all my programs. And for you, you found your own way of starting to nourish and heal and reconnect with yourself in similarly small little bursts. Tell us what you did. Yeah, I was totally waiting for that big answer, that magic pill or whatever it was that was going to take me out of this, the big thing. So it was when I went and saw my doctor, she gave him the treatment options and also said to me, these words I will never, ever forget. They had such a big impact on me, even though we do hear them all the time, which is when you get on a plane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before assisting others. That's what you have to do. And so I went, okay, right, I need an oxygen mask. What can that be? And I thought, all right, I could exercise. You know, that's, that's, I used to love moving my body. That's what I could do. And so I thought, right, next day I'm going to, turn on a TV show for my girls and do a home workout. Didn't really, it was the last thing I felt like doing, but I just knew I had to do something. And so I went to my kitchen bench and I used to be a dancer. So I thought, right, kitchen bench, this can be my ballet bar. I did a few leg bends and leg raises to the back. And it was like, it felt like hardly any time had gone past and one of them screamed out as someone was doing something to the other one. And that was it. That was all I got. And I was kind of about to kind of, you know, stomp off. I think, oh, this is all hopeless and, and what's the point? I can't get my 20-minute home workout in. But what I actually really realized was that was actually felt really great. Like just taking that tiny little moment to give back to myself, I felt I did feel this little bit of hope, this little bit of um, this little bit of strength and like he was something that I could do even if I only had two minutes, one minute. It didn't actually matter that I couldn't leave the house whenever I wanted to, to go to the gym for 90 minutes. All those things, all those rules that I had around what exercise and self-care had to be, I see now were really holding me back from doing anything at all and therefore really holding me back from being able to slowly climb back to the upward way of that spiral. And so I just started finding these little moments in my day that I could move my body. It was maybe like it was 20 push-ups on my kitchen bench um, when I was sitting down reading a story to my girls. I started to just lift my legs and cycle out my legs just to kind of 
tell myself that I was worth these little moments. I was worth getting myself strong again and feeling good again. And it was just this thing. It's like your three minute meditation, Amy, this thing that if you're saying to yourself, oh, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I can't be bothered. You can say, you know what? Just do this two minutes. Just do this three minute thing. And it feels very achievable and sustainable. And even on those days, you know, I always have those days when it's still the last thing I feel like doing. That's when I know I need to do it the most. And I put my hands on my kitchen bench and I do my, my push-ups and my squats and just do a little something for me. Because what it does is then inspires me to kind of do a little bit more and take another step somewhere. And maybe that night have a dance around the living room with my girls because I've sort of given back to myself. I love that. And I agree. It is phenomenal even just to do, for me, you know, yoga is such a big part of my self-care and literally to do a couple of downward dogs in my lounge room floor while the kids are all around me. If I'm feeling really stuck and in a funky place, just really switches something. So as a former dancer, a personal trainer, a health coach, all of the qualifications you bring to this, explain to us what happens then in our bodies when we start to move? Because this isn't just about you being a former dancer and therefore you have this muscle memory that, that said, oh, yes, I remember that. That feels good. This can be for anybody, can't it, Lizzie? It, you don't even have to have a certain level of fitness previously to be able to at least start connecting with yourself physically and giving yourself this love and attention. Yeah, you know, it's quite a powerful thing exercise which is why it's some, this message of mine I couldn't keep to myself I had to write this book I you know I had to keep doing these videos just to to spread this message of the power of exercise because what it does is we get oxygen delivered to our body when we when we move it so that means you feel better you feel less tired you know our instinct is often to go for the second cup of coffee or the block of chocolate whereas sometimes what our bodies want is to move to kind of get us out of this this sleep mood sleep mode when everything sort of gets stuck and tight and and tired and so then the more you get your heart pumping when you exercise you get more energy and then the energy then helps to you know, train your body to become more efficient in how it uses your, you know, your fat and sugar for fuel. It regulates your blood sugar levels. It's got all this amazing power to get your body operating in the way it wants to and it needs to. But then it also does these incredible things for your brain. The amount of research coming through of exercise and dementia and Alzheimer's, what it, how it strengthens the the things in your brain and then there's what it does to your mood and the in the endorphins and I often look at movement so when you are getting yourself stronger in your body I really feel this connection and I see it with so many women that I've worked with how they feel stronger in their lives their mental strength the confidence that comes from actually connecting with your body and then there's you know the beautiful natural medicine of endorphins that flow when you actually 
move and get everything going. And I just think that so many things hold us back from doing it. We tell ourselves so many stories. Oh, I'm not fit enough. Oh, I've let myself go. I've put on all this weight since having my babies. I don't have this hour. And when we talk to ourselves like that, we really miss out on all this amazing magic that exercise has. And I just feel like just start wherever you are. For me, like all I could do when I was at that rock bottom place was two minutes. I felt so unfit and really weak. And that was, that was enough and that was totally fine. And I also think that when you're exercising, it's a beautiful moment to talk to yourself in a way that you would talk to your child, mm. you know, rather than looking down and, you know, seeing this tummy hanging out and berating yourself for you know, looking a certain way. How can I let myself get so unfit? And how can I let my stomach go like this? I've got to fix myself. You know, I love when I move to switch those thoughts because they certainly come up into look at my body. It is a miracle. I am strong. I can lift my leg up here. Look how what my body can do and celebrate that rather than thinking that we have to fix ourselves and have these perfect bodies as moms. You know, use your body as this vehicle to have you feeling alive and have you feeling like you can be more connected with your children, that you can dance around with them, run after them and, uh, and just feel like you've got something to give them because you've given back to yourself through moving. Mm, wow. You can just hear your passion. It is so great. And I know you really well, Lizzie. And I have to say, Mamas, she has the world's biggest smile you have ever seen. <laughs> so as she's using all of this beautiful passion, you can imagine this bubbly face. It's just amazing. Before we move on to our final questions, the three questions I ask all mamas that I speak to on my podcast, I just want to get your reflections on this because we talk a lot at Happy Mama about expectations pretty much the expectations we've put on ourselves, the expectations the world puts on us. But also when it comes to things like exercising, I, I feel like some of us would think, what's the point of doing two minutes? It's never going to make any difference. Like it's not going to help me get rid of that baby tummy or it's not going to help me get rid of the chicken wings <laughs> or whatever you call them. Um, but I think it's really important to look at the expectation and why we're doing this. We're not necessarily doing it to get rid of the belly or whatever, like change your expectations. This is around a gift to yourself, isn't it? And yes, you would know better than anyone that doing two minutes a couple of times a day does actually make profound change in the end. But let's get really clear on our expectations, don't you think, Lizzie? Yes, because when we say to exercise, oh, you have to do this for me, you have to, you know, give, mm -hmm. my, give me this beautiful six pack and, you know, tone my triceps and everything. And if it doesn't do it in the time that we think we, it should do it, then it's so easy to go, oh, well, I, that's, that's no point. What's mm. the use of doing that? Um, so, and it's kind of when we use it for a punishment for eating a certain way, anything that's kind of got that negativity to it, it's so 
common for us to just kind of go, oh, well, give up on that. You know, that, that doesn't work anyway. Whereas the point of exercise, the point of movement is that's what our bodies are designed to do. And we're not doing it nearly as much as we used to. And therefore, we're seeing serious consequences on our physical and mental health. There's a massive industry and a whole lot of people making a whole lot of money on saying that you need to have your body this certain way. Is it doing us any favors? I'm, I'm not really sure. I wanted every single word in this book that I wrote to be able to read it and look straight into my daughter's eyes and be able to say every single word without having to censor anything and feel so proud of them and their bodies and not think that they have to fix or change themselves. And that's what I want for every single person who reads this book, to not feel like they are not good enough um, and that they need to change. It's so much just about celebrating your body giving back to yourself and um you know it's like we just hate on ourselves so so much and if we can switch the whole exercise part of that to just loving on ourselves a whole lot more we're going to have a whole lot more headspace and energy to give the things that we really want to give to Mm, beautiful you actually made me teary again when you were saying about the way you wrote it to be able to look into your daughter's eyes Wow, Lizzie, thank you. Okay, so our final three questions for the Happy Mama podcast, which is the first one. If you could go back and tell yourself one thing before you started on this mamahood journey, what would it be? You are good enough. Mm. Yeah, wow. You, exactly the way you are is good enough you don't have to fix yourself people are going to love you who you are you will find your people you are good enough you don't need to have this certain body you don't need to um have this certain you know um, qualifications whatever just you are enough you're listening to the happy mama movement At the core of it, the Happy Mama movement is all about one simple idea, that mamahood can be the greatest catalyst for change in a busy woman's life. So now for the big three questions. So what do you think motherhood has taught you about yourself then? It's taught me to reconnect with my inner child Mm. And I thought as a mother that I wasn't supposed to connect with her anymore. I thought I was supposed to be the mother, you know, who just make sure that, um, you know, that there's all the, you know, the discipline and the boundaries and that I was this kind of figure up here. But I realize now that the motherhood has in fact brought out my inner child because when I bring it out, my daughters are just like, yes, here Mm. she is. Here is the the woman that, um, that we can have all this fun with and connect with and, and talk with. And I don't have to play this role of what I think motherhood needs to be. And I just so love that my inner child is, is back through this process of motherhood. Oh, that is one of my favourite answers to that question I've had. I have never thought of it like that, but you are so right. There's something... 
that society tells us that when we become a mother, we're meant to be responsible and organized and on top of it all and everything. And actually, it's a beautiful opportunity to connect with your inner child and dance around the kitchen and get on the floor. And this morning, I was there making Play-Doh fruit with my little boy at <laughs> six o'clock this morning. And I was so into getting those colors, right, Lizzie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to have the green leaves on top of the pink strawberry, just right. It was an awesome way to spend my morning. So yeah. it's such a good point. I really love that answer. Okay, so then final question. What does being a happy mama mean to you? It means to me dancing around the living room with my daughters, looking them in the eye, sharing joy and being so fully present and in the moment with them. Mm. Oh, you've just brought tears to my eyes so many times today. I absolutely love your passion and I want to say thank you for sharing such an important message to so many mamas, whether they, as you said, have been diagnosed with postnatal depression or whether they just feel like they've totally lost themselves over the last few years of mamahood, your book is so much more than an exercise book. It is a guide to reconnecting to yourself, to self-care. It has recipes and meditations and mindsets. Mamas, you will absolutely love it. And Lizzie, thank you for being such a beautiful light in our lives. Thank you, Amy. You should see how big the smile is on my face right now. <laughs> I can imagine. Thank you, beautiful. Thanks for listening to the Happy Mama Movement. I truly believe that great things happen when we come together to support and uplift each other. So to help spread the word and build the movement, I'd love it if you could pop over and leave a review. And if you have a mama friend who'd also love this insight, please share with her. Until next time, beautiful mama, Satnam. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.